This is the Tar Life Podcast from Team Anderson Realty, where we talk about all things real estate, give a behind the scenes peek of the adventures of buyers, sellers, and agents. Get tips and tricks as a home buyer, a home seller, or listing agent. We put the real in real estate. And now your host, top producing mega agent, Erica Anderson. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is our second episode of uh, the Tar Life podcast. And we obviously, Melody Tate and I live to uh, tell the story of what our skydiving experience was. And I have something that I want to go into before we talk about that. But we have Jenny Cohen. She is one of the top producers at Team Anderson Realty. We have the beautiful Melody Tate, and then we have Eleanor Thorne. She and her husband are one of our preferred lenders, and we've been working with them, I think, over a decade now. So, yeah, no, Amazing. it absolutely was over that's a decade. Funny. Yeah, so that's really cool. So, Melody, Jennifer, and I, Jennifer's not here. We went skydiving on Sunday. New Year's Day. Yes. <laughs> and I, I was told today that my aunt was thrown out of an airplane. And I remember my mother telling me a story about her father was skydiving and somebody's parachute didn't open. And I had forgotten that story until I told her that we were jumping in a couple days. And she was like, this is ridiculous. You know, she was scared and worried for me. But anyways, my I posted about the the experience and my uncle said, you know, your grandfather pushed your aunt, Laura, out of a plane. And I was like, well, I need to call her. So before we came here, I called her and I said, so did you go skydiving? And she's like, well, yes. And I said, okay, like you were tandem, right? You were connected to your father. And she was like, no, I was not. And I go, what? And I go, well, how old were you? And she said, well, he died when I was 11. So I know I was definitely very young. And I think I was probably like eight Eight-ish. Wow, that's that's insane. Young. Yes. It's like my son's age. Yeah. I know. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, this is like, why is this the first time that I've heard about yeah. this? And she was like, well, he was an instructor. And she was like, and he it was a balls to the wall. You are going to do it all the way, right away. Like, you're not going to. They practiced a little bit on some sort of line where they jump off. But it, I don't think it was anything crazy. And so, so they... I guess they did that a couple times. He actually taught her how to pack her own chute. Mm -hmm. Now, she didn't pack it, but she mm -hmm. learned. And then he took her up in the airplane, and she said that all she can remember was clutching to the airplane and screaming oh as he threw her off. Oh no way. And then he jumped after her because I think it was one of those. You know how we could, in theory, do a course jump yes. out of the airplane and have two instructors next to us and yeah. then they would kind of monitor us. I don't think you can do that at eight, between eight and ten. Oh, no. But, <laughs> but you know, this was the, the 70s. So, you know, yeah, I feel like everything, different. yeah, Florida in the 70s, anything Florida. goes. So she said that all she remembers was she was uh, sobbing. And I'm like, how did you steer? Like, how did you steer your parachute at that age? And I'm yeah. like, I guess your just instincts kick in. And you're just, I guess she had enough training to survive. Yeah. But she never, the, that was the first time she had ever flown on an airplane mm -hmm. and it never landed. She jumped out of it. And then the time, my, my uncle said, the time that she actually flew in an airplane where it landed, the, it was the next time she was ever on one. And that was when she got married. And I was just oh, wow. like, 
Wow. And she was like, yeah, you know, your grandfather taught us to scuba dive at a very young age. She was like, we swam with sharks like we did um, a lot of stuff. And so I was like, "Okay, well, that makes it, you know, that makes our experience seem like super mild. Yeah, very mild. (laughs) So we're going to (laughs) lead into um, our story. So we left off with Melanie was so gracious to provide me a birthday gift last year year. for my birthday. And then Jennifer and I thought it'd be wonderful if we gifted her the experience as well, because we felt like she really needed to check that off her bucket list. Okay, they called me after hours. And I had a few glasses of wine and was like, sure. <laughs> she was fine. 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 And then the next day I was like, what did I agree to? Because my phone's going off with all these texts. I'm like, so I was thinking about it. Um, I've never been like rode a roller coaster. So I definitely don't want to jump out of a plane. She's like, I'll watch you. I will like support you. When you agreed to it. I was like, are much. you a woman of your word or are you not? <laughs> like, you are doing this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm scared of heights. And oh and I'm terrified, but and I but I wanted to conquer this. And I remember a couple times I kind of woke up as I fell asleep, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be jumping Happening, out yeah. of an airplane at thirteen thousand five hundred sixteen hours counting." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And so I just think of Melody. So she went. We drove together, and I remember Melody's face. Like you could tell, she's like, "I'm very. I can compartmentalize my feelings, and like I'm really good at like controlling how I feel." But her eyes said. I'm scared. Her eyes were like, oh, the adrenaline rush. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, it was crazy. So they take us in and it felt very well run. Very. We had this wonderful video that says, like, you know, make sure you need it. You know, you have to have a perfect plane. You have to have a perfect pilot, a perfectly packed chute. A perfect instructor. The perfect perfect day. Conditions. Which we did. To have a perfectly safe jump. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like you know perfection in life is impossible right. your stay was absolutely beautiful and yeah. you couldn't pick a better day oh to my do gosh it. So it was amazing it was warm too. it was warm, warm and we had layers and we didn't even really need it but so tell me melody how you were feeling so you loaded on the plane and you, melody and jennifer were back so they jumped last first we decided before we got there what order we were going to jump in. So we had this long debate about... You didn't pick straws? No, we, we, you should have. <laughs> we don't. We, we talk about everything. So we were like, this is what we're going to do. So we decided Jennifer was going to... No, Erica was going to... I was going to jump first. Yeah. Okay. Um, because apparently you want somebody underneath of you. It just makes you feel better. And she wanted to rip the Band-Aid off. I was like, like throw no, myself off. And I was yeah. like, I like that. So, so I'll Erica second. was second and nobody wanted to go last, right? So Jennifer was like, I'll go last. So we had this plan the whole way. But I feel like I just put it out of sight, out of mind. Like even getting onto the plane, I didn't think about what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, I'm just getting on a plane. And that's this right. totally normal. It's another plane. Oh, I, <laughs> I wish. The guy like... He, the, the staff there, I mean, they are just, they say that 1% of the population skydives. And if it's like that 1% has to be probably the coolest 1% because they are it's happy. True. Totally. And they're even, it, it, this guy, his, this was his 7,608 jump. Your guy? My guy. Wow. And he writes it down. And like, he was probably just as excited as he was 7,000 before that. I think he loved that she was so nervous because I feel like he was so, he was so 
almost military like like he yeah. was like he was awesome but very laid back but it's super excited for you like walked you through everything but when we were walking up to the plane he was kind of like you know that leash that you can like hold on to your kids with like he instantly <laughs> like had a hold of me like <laughs> so he walked me through every and he they all their sense of humors are just like hilarious hilarious yeah. they're like i did well this morning like how long have you been jumping well i this morning, I jumped and I did really well. So they said I could come back this afternoon and jump with somebody. So they made like light of the situation. So yeah. I told my guy, I said, if I say no, then just do it. Like, don't ask me. Yeah. Like, I like if anybody's like, are you ready? You know, do you want to like, no, like, I don't want to think about it. And he goes, well, that's OK, because in an airplane, no sounds like yes. Anyway, so <laughs> <was> like, <"Great." laughs> yeah. well, anyways, I ended up boarding last yes so i was like it looks like i'm gonna be the first one and my guy was like yeah that's the plan and i was like all right and i mean you're like i was right next to the door and when you're taking off you're facing the tail of the plane so you kind of feel like you're going out of the airplane so i'm holding on to the bar where the door opens that you know and it's just like a plastic piece yeah oh no really a door and i'm I'm, like buckled in by one little strap and one and he was like it's like an airplane he goes if i'm unconscious or the plane unconscious and the plane's going down well then you know you just kind of like and i'm like oh yeah because i'm not strapped to anybody so if the plane goes down (laughs) yeah we're i don't have i don't have the parachute so i'm gonna put his unconscious body better on me and i'm gonna throw him off the plane and i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna figure this out but anyway so Tell us how. Oh, I guess I'll go first yeah. because I was the first one that jumped. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, when are you going to strap me in? Because I really want to be strapped in. Like, strap me onto your parachute because when I'm not on a parachute, I feel like I could just fall and there's nothing that's going to save me. So he was like, oh, about 9,500 feet. I will strap you in. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, right before we jump out. Why are you waiting so yeah. long? <laughs> and he was like, so he strapped it. And I was, I was looking at, uh, at Melody's husband and Austin. And so he decided to jump too. And I was like, Austin, like, will you like check to make sure that it's actually connected? And and so my guy thought it'd be hilarious to unconnect me. Oh my God. Like, and I was like, no, I'm like, put the back on immediately. And so he like, he did. And he, he tightened me up and I was like, good. Like I feel good and tight. And so once we had 9,500 feet, getting to cruising altitude, which is 13,500 feet, that's the jump altitude seemed really fast it was like it fast, took yeah. a while like 10 minutes to get to 9500 feet so all of a sudden you see the lights and it's like door opens there were three oh, non-tandem jumpers including my photographer my videographer that jumped and so they're like the first guy was like like holding on to the bar and i guess he was trying to get momentum to throw himself off so he was like the guy behind him was like pushed him out and i was like wow it was intense <laughs> like oh my gosh so and i'm just like i remember i i closed my eyes so they want you to have your head back and you're holding your gear and so i was like i'm going to open it once we've jumped because when you've jumped there's no hesitation so i let myself like go with the flow but the one interesting fact is the mind cannot they doesn't really understand heights when it looks like a map. That's what I've read. So it, it is true. Like my my fear of heights was not, it wasn't the fear of heights. It was the fear of the parachute not opening. And me, I don't love that drop when you drop down, but I was assured by Jennifer that you, you really feel it. You really don't feel yeah. it at all. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And so like anyways, it was like one, two. Kitty said good. I know. 
Or you jump out, so you jump out. And I was like, wow, I feel like a rock that just got thrown out of an airplane. Like that drop was real and it was really intense. And I was like, like, not like butterflies. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Oh, it's more of like, I'm now going 180 miles an hour. I think it's literally your stomach. It's just your, yeah, you don't really have, because the plane is already, from what I'm understanding, the plane is already moving, right? Okay. And so you don't really feel that butterfly feeling, apparently, when you ride a roller coaster. So it's just the fall. Until you hit 120 miles an hour. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So once you hit that cruising, dropping altitude of 120 miles an hour, it really stops. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you're in a wind tunnel. And that's when they have you stick your arms out. And I remember being like, wow, first of all, it's very cold here. Like, <laughs> I realized that I did not dress appropriately for a winter skydiving jump, but it wasn't like that bad. And then I also realized they were like, smile big, really big, or your face looks weird going 120 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, so I was like smiling big, but then I was like, but my mouth is getting very dry. <laughs> and I was like, do I keep it closed or do I... Open it. <laughs> it's stuck open. I know. I'm like, uh, so anyways, then I'm like, wow, this is a really long free fall. Like you just, if one minute feels like so much longer. And then he, he went like three, two, one to my camera guy. He pulled the cord. And when you, you don't go up, but you hit, like you slow down so much that it just, it stops you in Why midair. Yeah. Almost. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, it's like, it looks like you're going up, but it's you're not. You're just stopping, really, essentially. Yeah. And then right when they do that, they loosen your gear a little bit. That has to be the scariest Whoa. thing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, keep me tight. Yeah. <laughs> Tighten me back up. All of a sudden, I feel like, you know, those baby things that they hang on you yeah. and your yeah. legs. That's essentially what you're feeling. Like, you feel like at any time it could just... That that would probably be I the scariest would part prefer for me. a little bit of a tighter experience. Yeah, <laughs> keep me close. Yeah, be close. Oh, okay, like if, if I don't say anything, like I'm in. I feel wonderful. Yeah. Like don't loosen me up. Like mm, I think Jennifer was so loose that when she landed, her gear, her shoulders oh. came off of her. Oh wow, mine did not. And so yeah, I feel either. like mine was just loose enough to where I was a little uncomfortable, but it's just I wasn't used to it. But hers is probably, in my opinion, a little too loose. Yeah. When you go to land, I think that's why, because you essentially have to, like, put your legs up so they can yeah. fold you up and scooch down on your bottom. Was this not the ultimate? I call it a trust fall with God. It was definitely a trust fall. team building <laughs> exercise. definitely a trust fall. I've never Jenny's going to go next. No, like talking <laughs> about this, you're giving me anxiety right <laughs> now. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think you should, everyone So should tell not. us what you were thinking and how you felt. So you watched me go. I watched her fall from the plane from my window. <laughs> and I was like. No, it wasn't on. going. It was falling. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I watched her fall out of my window. So I was second to the last. So, I mean, it was a, my my guy was really great, super professional, and I felt really safe. Were you safe looking down or were you not looking down when you jumped out? I, w- I wouldn't look down because I kept hearing somebody say, don't look down. Okay. So I didn't look down. I tried to look across and I was afraid that I would be sick. Could you imagine, though, getting sick? And oh, I really like it. We it asked about it. it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did. We asked about it. So that's what I was afraid of. I was like, well, I'm going to get sick on this guy. So I just kept looking forward. <laughs> And then he told me to like hold, you know, the parachute. And I was like, do I have to? And he's like, yeah, but my hands were getting super cold. I do remember my yeah. hand. My hands were probably the only thing that was really cold. And eventually he took it back. It, but it, it was good. And then we landed. 
And as soon as I've never felt adrenaline before, again, I don't have roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what this feels like. So it's a new drug for Melanie. It's, it's kind of crazy. Hooked? No. Can you do it again? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I get, I get up. I'm like, I stand up. And he like fist pumps me. And he's like, how's it? And I was like, it's great. And the guy comes over. He's like, would you do it again? And I'm like, yeah. No, she hesitated. And she looked at him like, are you kidding me? And then she was like, yeah. She was like, yeah. Like the most unconvincing yeah like i know i have to say this but like hell no I'm going to disney I mean, hell no yeah no, no i've never felt like that i mean i'm so glad that i did it do you feel like a little bit more like badass i feel like i've lost conquering that i've lost every day this week i'm like what day is it today <laughs> I just I feel like I'm shocked that she did it because yeah. I was like all right we are going to peer pressure the hell out of her oh and she did oh and then I was like I guess I could go up there and then like chicken out like last minute <laughs> and Eric was like there's nothing worse than getting up there and then chickening out and not doing it's like that that peer pressure I'm yeah. like I gotta do this but I'm all about peer pressure if it's safe. Yeah. And so remember, even though skydiving is risky, it is literally, it's one in every 500,000 jumps. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. Truly, they were amazing. The staff was amazing. Everybody was happy. Everybody was in a great mood. Everybody high five, whether whatever jump it was for you. They, they were really, really awesome. It's out in like Lewisburg. I'm glad that I did it. I don't think I'd want to do it again. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, my father-in-law does never it out in like never. over in the coast. Like he's like, there's nothing like jumping over water. He's like, come down here and jump over the water. And I'm like, huh, I think I'll pass. But I'm like, I definitely, if I ever did do it, like I would always probably want to do it in the country because I know there's so many like safety protocols. Well, yeah, they had these, they're special devices. I forget they're called ASH or A, I don't know, something like that. But anyways, they're expensive. But the, this company has them attached to their parachutes so that let's say your instructor gets injured or he's unconscious, yeah. then or there's an issue, the parachute, the reserve deploys at 2,000 feet. So you have a little bit, you know, you can still spiral yeah. to your death. You could still plummet. I mean, I read stories after we jumped that I was like, <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't read these before. before. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But... I'm so glad that we went. Absolutely. And I feel like that's not going to be the only adventurous thing that we do together. Well, I was going to say, now you have to watch what you gift Erica because she's going to gift I will never right gift her anything that I don't want. But I will. <laughs> I will gift Melody things that I want to do. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to go to the spa for your birthday? I will say, though, that in life, I find personally that some things doing it over and over again, like, my husband's always like, oh, let's let's ride the boat every weekend. And I'm like, to me, it's a little boring. I like a new experience. Yeah. And I'm not addicted to skydiving by any means. But having something that is just different and unique is something that I'm always craving. And I don't have to, like, put my life in danger. But, like, we want to go to the Amazon next. That's probably going to be something that we'll be talking about this year. And so that's going to be a cool experience. And so. Amazing. Yeah. No, like, we just. Here at the firm, all of our agents seem to do some fun and interesting things. But anyways, let's go into the topic today. This is the real estate topic. And so we're going to talk a little bit with Eleanor about what are buyers in this market? So it's now 2023. We've had, you know, the last part of 2022 where you've kind of been evaluating what people have been getting in terms of loans. Let's talk about what they've been choosing and why 
And then we're going to finish with some stories. We're not going to name any names, but some stories over the years that we've been working where a buyer has not followed a lender's advice, or perhaps they used a lender that did not give them advice and see what they said. So what we're seeing right now, that was amazing stories about skydiving. I know some of our customers feel like they are skydiving (laughs) when they are going through this process. Like, okay, I'm doing this. It's emotional. And and it is a trust fall, right? They trust you guys to be their tandem partner. And how many jumps, like as a lender, you want to have a lot of jumps under your belt. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But I can see the segue perfectly having talked to so many people over the the course of the last decade. why this is such an important thing. What we're seeing customers look at right now primarily are buy downs. Right. Mm-hmm. We're seeing customers that want to get a rate of 6%, but they're starting at 4%. Then the next year they go to 5%. If interest rates change somewhere after that, then that money that they have set aside into kind of an escrow or a savings account, that money is then applied to their mortgage. So it buys the mortgage. Oh, that's good. For how long of a period of time can you Typically, it's two years. The seller has to pay that. Yeah. So we're seeing um, situations where the seller is paying this as closing costs as opposed to uh, getting cheaper uh, uh, purchase price on it. But it really helps with the affordability of the house. And we're seeing more and more people who are doing two unbinds downs. The other thing we're seeing are people who... I don't want to put any money down on a house. So the first-time homebuyers particularly are taking advantage of um, USDA loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't and, seen that in a while. We're well, we're doing USDA yeah, loans with yeah. NC Housing is paying What's the What's the maximum um, purchase price for USDA right now? There's not a maximum. I mean, it's limited by income, income. Though, right? By income. Yeah. So primarily, it's it's somewhere close to 400000 Okay. Well, that's okay. pretty yeah, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What's the cost average for the buy down 2.6 percent okay two one buy down it's two one two point six percent you know i just had a, a builder do a buy down for a buyer instead of offering concessions which is great you know yeah in I've long run seeing it offered like before you even go under contract it's something that the sellers to kind of bring some motivation yeah for listings yeah. absolutely but the affordability factor is what's so high so you're you're actually making payments at four percent, and most people can afford payments at four percent. And they can yeah. afford it at six percent, but yes. it's just a mental thing, it's right? A mental it thing is. right now. And it's like easing getting, into that payment, right? Where right, it's case, right? Mm-hmm. But they also know that they're going to get raises. Oh, right. So when you buy a house now, two years from now, you will have had two years worth of raises, mm-hmm. which will oh, that's easily a good point. I didn't think about that. Whatever you're going to end up with as a note rate, even if you don't refinance. Can you refinance any time in that two years? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if rates went down in a year and a half, you're, there's no penalty for you. No, there's no I, penalty. I bought a house with Steve, Eleanor's husband, and I refinanced it six months after we closed yeah. because we rates were a whopping for four and a quarter right. when I closed. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now it's in the threes. Mm-hmm. And it was no, it was no issue at all. Just kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what we'll likely see as interest rates go forward in the next three or four years, we're probably going to bottom out about 4%. So 4%, 4 4.5%, that's going to be your normal with a normal economy that's in pretty good shape. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Let the experienced experts at Team Anderson Realty help guide you through the process. 
whether that's getting the most from your sale or finding your dream home. We are a local, woman-owned small business. When you support us, you support the community as we actively serve the Triangle Area, Raleigh-Durham, Charlotte, and the coastal regions of North Carolina. As a boutique-style real estate firm, we strive to take big corporate out of the home buying and selling experience. Meaning that you are not just a number and your experience will be personalized and tailored to your specific needs. Connect with us online at tmandersonrealty.com or call us at 919-610-5126. So you think we'll actually go back down into the force at I some do. point? I when do, do you, like, if, uh, you you don't have a crystal ball, but like, let's just say a, a guess, because you've been in the business UNC for what, 30 plus years? Yes. Okay. I would guess that before the middle of 2024, we okay. will head down into the fives and migrate down into four. And we should hit four, four and a half percent by the election. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, fantastic. Yeah. I, that, that's doable, right? right. That's much, much more much, doable. Absolutely. Than... And, you know, that's another thing when you're talking to the buyers, too, of marrying the house and not the REIT. Yeah. And this is a great thing. You you're know, dating you know, that REIT. Exactly. And you can refinance and get the house you want, walk away and think about, oh, should I buy the house? Should I, you know, is there more inventory in the ground? That sort of thing. And then if rates go down, then absolutely. Yeah. Why would you pay somebody else's mortgage? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And prices are only going to go up. They They're are. Right. Even, especially in this area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Raleigh, Durham, so I mean, the state jobs, of North Carolina overall. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people you have. People have to buy and sell. So. And people are still, I mean, I'm, I've got five homes ready to sell this month for yeah. listing. So sellers are still selling and it's a good opportunity for buyers to come back into the market. Again, there's when you have a good lender that can explain the buy down process. Are you seeing people do arms? There are some arms, most Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, meaning the conventional conforming lenders are not offering those programs. If you think about it, the Fed wants to have us with higher interest rates right. to slow the economy yeah. down. So they don't want us to be able to offer arms. So arm products are not generally available right now at lower rates, which is kind of counterintuitive to most of us. But as you think about what the Fed is trying to do, we need the higher rate. Can you sure. buy down like a second home or is that not an option? If you're purchasing the home and the seller is willing to help. Okay. So this can be your primary yes, residence? You can't work on a on an investment, investment property. property. Cool. Well, that's good to know. People that want to buy at the beach or the mountains, like that is an option. And yes, so if somebody's motivated a seller, instead of reducing the price, oh, absolutely. they can come off off, you know, by paying some, I guess it would be considered closing costs, right? That's correct. It's okay. 2.6 of the loan amount. Right. Okay. All about educating the buyers and letting them know it's that not is it. yeah. so And the scary. sellers. It doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have to be intimidating. That mm -hmm. is true. I think every listing agent should explain that buyers may ask for this and this is why. Yeah. And buyers need to understand that when it's written, fixed rates starting at 4%, that's typically how you'll see it written. Mm -hmm. is it's a fixed rate mortgage because it is, but the rate is starting at four, four and a half. With that in mind, let's go into some stories. We're going to start with Jenny and then we'll go to Mal and Eleanor. Well, I'll finish and then Eleanor can finish. I'll finish the agent side. But tell us about, so when buyers are buying a home, now this does mm -hmm. not have to be a first time home buyer. Yeah. Sometimes people just haven't purchased in a while and yeah. they're not thinking about things, but whether they're just not reminded by the lender yeah. 
or not educated by the lender. Have you had an experience where a buyer did something that, whether you're in the listing side or the buy side, that interfered with the closing? And what was that story? Absolutely. I mean, everyone runs into that. What was the one thing that stands out? I had a buyer and we were a week out from closing. Everything's clear to close. We're good to go. And I get a call and they're so excited telling me about how they have a new job. Oh, no. And they're so excited. They don't think it should be a problem because it's a higher salary. But instead of having a fixed income, it's now commission-based. And that's not calculated the same for the loan. So we had to go back to the lender. And, you know, luckily we were able to work magic. We had a really good lender that we were able to get it all sorted out. But, you know, for a day there, you don't know if they're going to make it to closing anymore. Did it interfere with the closing date or their loan type or? No. So since we were a week out, they were still able to make it work. So I guess he was still getting paid enough to qualify. Okay. So his base salary. Okay. But But that is scary. It's scary because if you no longer qualify. Or don't have a base salary. Yeah. Your commission only. Or quit your job and you don't Mm -hmm. have it started your new job yet. Oh, yeah. Or if you go into a completely different field, doesn't that affect it? Don't you have to be in it for a certain amount of time? And don't they call to check to make sure? They do. And I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. We've called to do a quality check just to see. We just want to make sure that Mr. Smith is still blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, no, he quit two days ago. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, just wait. Just like, wait. don't make impulsive wait. decisions while you're under contract. Don't buy. Wait don't go to shopping sprees. Tell the buyers and you try to make sure everyone's on the same page, but stuff happens. Yeah. And- Absolutely. And they're so excited. Yeah, Yeah, they are. And that was the worst part is like popping that happy bubble. And it's like, uh, well, no. Well, now you might lose everything. Yeah. Now we're going to have to refigure this out. I've had one similar, a little bit different, and it's a different spin on it, is I had a woman co-sign to get a car for her son a couple days before closing. And she thought it would have zero effect on her because he was the primary borrower. Okay. But it wasn't. It wasn't the case. That probably pulled up on the credit when they do that credit check. Yep, exactly. They did a last-minute credit check. And when they did that last-minute credit check, it had popped up. So, you know, even when you're co-signing for something, I mean, you're still taking on that, you know, that responsibility and that obligation. So in this case, they actually had to refinance that loan to get him off. And he had to get a higher interest rate because he was saving money by adding her, but he would have lost the house because they didn't qualify with that extra payment. Yeah. So, yeah, even bar, like co-borrowing, it's going to affect you. I have a story where my buyers lost their property and it was not, it, okay, it's a great story, a great example, but I still to this day, it's the only time I've had something like this happen. It was, it was a loan with Eleanor's husband. It wasn't an equity line of credit, but it was like with the credit union. It was a line of credit, yeah, the, like a credit card. Mm-hmm. Against their house, though. No, they no. didn't have a house. They were first time homebuyers. Okay. It was like a line okay. of credit, like a personal loan. Okay. And they didn't they didn't realize that what they planned to do is they they took out some of this money and they paid down some of their credit cards. And they mm-hmm. were thinking, you know, I might have a little bit of debt here, but I paid off all this debt. But then the other thing they did was they bought a car, which Jenny was just talking about. And so that threw their ratios out. 
And on top of that, that line of credit, I think it had like maybe perhaps a higher interest rate or it was just they took out extra money to have. And so it ended up being a higher payment every month than their credit cards were. But anyways, the interesting story with this one was the seller did not, the seller had a change of heart. So the seller did not want to sell their house. And so while Steve, Eleanor's uh, husband, was working magic. He was like, okay, guys, this is what you need to do. You need to, you know, Put refinance the house. Yeah, yeah like, you need yeah. to do this and we need to do it before closing. Right. And then, you know, we'll get the clear to close. So we, at the time, we had two weeks, right, in the contract. So now they have seven days, but we had a 14-day clause and the clock was ticking because the seller was adamant that if the buyer did not close, they were not going to extend. And that happened. Mm-hmm. And that does yeah, happen. Yeah, and so usually they might say it, but they they are balking and they're not serious. Right. And in this case, I knew, I just knew it was serious. And so we got them through all these hoops. They were the nicest clients in the world. They were wonderful, beautiful people. And they got the clear to close the day, that 14th day. And so they could have closed on day 15. The seller exercised their right to terminate the contract, and they lost their due diligence money, their appraisal money, their inspection money. They lost oh everything. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a crazy amount like we had been seeing. It wasn't yeah. like $50,000 right. or anything like that. But it was a lot to them because yeah. they were first-time homebuyers, and they loved that house. And so I was absolutely crushed for them because they lost that house and they didn't do anything that didn't make sense. I mean, they weren't doing anything dramatic. They didn't go buy like a Lamborghini or, you know, they were paying down debts and they were using a line of credit that they were like, well, we didn't open a new line of credit. So they didn't realize. And now Steve had told them to talk to them, talk to him before doing anything. And so they just, they hadn't thought of it. And so that was one of those stories where I was like, I was totally, that was, that was eye-opening. And, you know, yeah. if you don't get that extension from a right. seller and you're just going off of, yeah, they'll just close, don't trust that. No. And so they were, they handled it really well. They were wonderful, but I don't think they bought a house for a few years after that. That's tough. It is. No. That's really tough. We've seen several cases where people, well, what we try to tell people is tell us everything. Right. Yeah. Tell us everything mm-hmm. that you've got going on. Deepest, darkest secret. Well, yeah, we're kind of like your yeah. attorney. You know, tell us everything. In the so there's present, no surprises. Yeah. Right. We'll present the part right. that we think that everybody else needs to know. I'm not saying we're hiding anything. Right. But we'll present the best case we can. But we have people that after we do a fraud check, which is a couple of weeks into the process, we'll go, oh, yeah, I knew that was there, but it wasn't showing on my credit report. So I didn't think that it was important to tell you that we had child support in arrears. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. No, we knew that we had this problem yeah, with like, a collection or whatever. But we didn't, you know, we knew that we had a car that had been repossessed mm. because it had bad motor problems or whatever. But it doesn't show on our credit report anymore. So, we so what does that show up big, on? It shows on a fraud report. Which is interesting. I did not know this. I didn't know Me that either. there was a fraud report that's oh, pulled. Yeah. I thought it was only credit. Right. No, there's a fraud oh. report that's pulled and it's re- it's pulled on, a, on all the parties. Oh, so it's wow. pulled on the agents. So if you've been involved in a transaction well, that had Well, this fraud, is all new for I us. Know. 
it will show up on the fraud report if you've had a SARS. There's it was later found that somebody created wow. an employment verification or something, and you were How do in you the have transaction. our information to pull? We have your license number. Okay. Oh wow! And so wow. It that's like is Big Brother stuff right there. Yeah, I want to see mine. And I've seen <laughs> I know, reports. Like, I've seen reports wonderful? in the last couple of years where somebody in Winston Salem was involved in three transactions that ended up having fraud part of it. Oh, wow. And we were not so allowed to do. So they connect that now. Yeah. And we couldn't do the deal. And I couldn't tell you the agent. work with the agent. I couldn't tell the agent and I couldn't tell the borrower. You can't tell the so agent what you, what you see? I'm not allowed <gasps> to do that. And so, so I had to say, I'm sorry, but we've had some information come through on this file that makes it so that you can't. And it, by federal law, I'm not allowed to tell. See, that's weird to me because I feel like the Real Estate Commission should know about this. So you can't even tell the Real Estate Commission? It is reported through the SARS. Now. It is reported. But, it, but when you've had three involvements yeah. with fraud. With, with, what type? mean you did it. It yeah. just means you know people. What type of fraud? on? Because it say what type of fraud it is. It's for, all different kinds. Like mortgage fraud? What, what we're, yeah, it's all okay. mortgage fraud. Okay. So what we're typically seeing is somebody who is... Maybe, well, in the last year, our company has seen people who uh, forged W-2s. Oh, wow. Who, people who forged paychecks, people who Pretty forged. I recently serious. saw yeah. one where somebody yeah. sent us bank statements that had First Citizens Bank on it. And it was in California. First Citizens did not have any branches where they had it. Oh, that's and crazy. And the were different. So it's just if you were involved, it's going to get reported. doesn't mean. That you did anything. It right. just means, but if you're involved in three cases where three You're different flat. cases, so, then you personally get so. Is that flagged. person, does that anything ever fly under the radar then? Because, okay, so is three the magic number for, for the agent? For the yeah, agent. I'm sure that. So does that mean that every file that agent touches from forward? probably was going to have an issue within what a year or something? It, it does go, I think it's a year to, to 24 months, but, but it kind of, you know, it's it's something that a fraud report is pulled mm -hmm. on every file. And with our company, it's pulled right around the time of the appraisal because it's pretty expensive mm. to pull. And it's just another one that we do. So if you had something, my point was, if you had something that you didn't tell me about at the beginning and you don't, I don't find out about it yeah. until the fraud report. Well, I'm now 10 days from closing. And all of a sudden, I find out you've got a judgment on a piece of property in Virginia. Yeah, and a lot of buyers, they'll start blaming mm -hmm. the lender. Like, why didn't you find the sooner? Like, why didn't you tell well, us? Why didn't you tell me? Right. I know. I mean, it's kind of like. Me. I was saying earlier, we had a customer last summer that was going to get a gift, uh -huh. which is great. Love it. And he said the gift will be deposited like on the 15th of the month. 15 months rolls around. He deposits $10,000. We're like, great. Can we have the gift letter? He goes, oh, I decided Instead of asking my dad for a gift, I would just get a personal loan from Ally Bank. Stop. And I was like, but I can't use a gift from Ally That's Bank. Not the same. Because <laughs> now you've actually borrowed a hundred percent. You aren't actually putting any money yeah, you're down. Indebted. Right. You can sell an asset, right? I've had people that have sold horses, mules. Oh, horses, yeah. Mules. Air, uh, airplanes. I had somebody at Portofino that sold an airplane. I've had people that sold their rims. You just and need what a bill of sale. I need a bill. I need to prove that you owned it. Okay. And like, like an ad. Right. And and sometimes people send me pictures or whatever. 
but I need to know that you owned it. I knew that even though that it was approximately valued. Where I've had a problem before, the only time I really had a problem was somebody sold their grandmother's silver. Oh. And so validating how much the silver was right. worth and how many pieces were in it, you know, because she just kind of sold it. So I had to go, we had to kind of go back and oh, recreate that's crazy. that. But people can, you can definitely sell an asset that you have. That makes sense. Yeah. You can sell the bass boat. But you can't get a debt. But you can't go into debt. You can't give to yourself a debt and right. call that right. a gift. Call that a gift. And, right. and you can't just pull out I cash. I myself had people, high interest debt. Yeah. I've <laughs> had people that just happen to have money in a safe. Or how about like, see, drugs. you can't you do anything about that. You get any drug money where you're well, like. that's the point is they're trying to prove that they have drug money. Uh-huh. Yeah, because what if you, you know, like my grandfather, he kept money under his mattress. I mean, that's just yeah. what they did. It has to like not cure, but it has to be in your bank account for, for ni- 90. I thought it was 90 days. 60. 60. Okay. okay. But it needs to be in your bank account. So we've had people that went to Vegas, took the cash, put it in a safe deposit box. Went in every month, pulled $1,000 out, pulled $1,000 out, pulled, and then they wanted to count that as income, but they never, they never reported that income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough if you have cash mm-hmm. and you're not reporting it and you just happen to have it because you are an electrician. Had that happen but what before? happens though? Okay. I can't if, count that as income either. Okay. Out. So yeah. I get it. If they, they have to, like you said, prove they owned it, show how they sold it. And what the value is, because like if I, I have horses, if I'm like, hey, I sold my horse for, you know, $350,000 and it was like a $5,000 horse, like that would flag, right? I mean, it would have to be like some sort of a famous race horse yeah. that like has Best some lineage. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, you know, what's funny is I sent Melody a video of this horse that sold for $9.5 million. And so I'm like, oh, you know, 350000 is not unreasonable. But, like, that's not the kind of horse that I have or that Melody has had. You know, we just have, mm-hmm. like, recreational horses. Right. right. Well, you, we were running into problems with crypto. Oh, yeah. Because a year ago, we had people that were coming to us going, well, I've got Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Well, in the last six months, Fannie and Freddie have really cracked down on what we can count from crypto. You basically have to cash it. Really? Really, I have to show that you had it. You have to cash That makes it. sense, though, because it's so volatile, right? It is. Like, and so we were using it as reserve assets. Yeah. Right? To show that you had that extra you had something money in a reserve. Yeah. But what you had, you know, last Thursday and what you have today could be significantly very different. So you got to cash it out, deposit it, then you can count. Is it still but a 60 day? No, 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 no. With okay. That, because All I can right. show that you had where it, it came from. Mm-hmm. and where it came from. So as long as I have a paper trail, I'm good. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, like this is so, you know, it's so funny. You know, you've been in the business a long time and it's like you don't really think about all of the stuff. Like, did you didn't know that people pulled the agents? The fraud? Fraud? I'm like, wow, I am so glad I don't have that. I mean, because sometimes you do a lot of transactions. Like Melody's done, you know, 89 or, no, 86 transactions last year. She, I mean, she could have been involved in things that she had nothing to do, but it's right. a numbers game. There are some yep. agents that do 10 transactions a year, yep. and then there are some that do 100. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can only imagine. Can you imagine if if all of a sudden people just can't close with you? I mean, yeah. I'm so what glad Eleanor That's said something. Yeah, what do you do? Or... Can you petition to? Yes, you can. Oh. You can petition and you can go to the banking commission, but primarily people go to the commission, the 
okay. real estate commission. And this is why it's so important to have a good real estate agent. Professional. Oh, yes. that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. exactly, because there are all different. And, you know, we are supposed to be, you know, bound by our ethics and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's not always the case. It's not. I mean, you I'm sure. So have you done transactions where you could tell that the agent was just not? Oh, yeah. Ethical. Absolutely. And yeah. It makes you nervous. You double check all the information they give you. I mean, you do it no matter what, but you're a little more cautious and you can't trust that agent. You can't believe yeah. him. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why a really good, solid agent can sniff out some things that don't seem yeah. like they are kosher. And, mm-hmm. you know, they can kind of navigate that, even if it's better to err on the side of caution. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Than to just think. It's not a non-issue right. because I'm always the one where I'd rather think the worst and hope for the best and be wrong than be totally aloof and not aware of anything that's going on. But if somebody will tell us up front, I was saying earlier, you know, just to confide in us, if you confide in us up front, then we'll ask for the fraud report immediately. Yeah. Like we'll ask for it immediately, like at the day of application or before, and we'll look and see what's there. Yeah, maybe there's something you can do to that's get right. it to work. So out. if you'll just tell us, yeah. then we can tell you, yeah, that's going to be a problem later or it doesn't look like it's going to be a problem. We've had situations where we thought for sure it was going to be a problem and it didn't show up. And we were like, good. all right, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You know, Glad we got through that one. I know. <laughs> so, you know, we're clear sailing going forward. There's you know, a lot that goes behind the scenes with agent and lender. Oh, so many effort. moving parts. Every single yes. person involved, especially in this market now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need everyone to Absolutely. come together. Well, we are going to wrap this up. And so we are going to have absolutely Jenny come on more often because that was a lot of fun. And Jenny, you have it. so many transactions, though. She has so many stories that she can share with us. What I do want to talk about next episode is I think that we should talk a little bit about Egypt. Ooh. Melody and I went to Egypt a few months ago, and that was exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Just like skydiving. Just like skydiving, actually. And so <laughs> we <laughs> start episode three with Egypt. Yes. And we've just done so many fun things. Yeah. It's cool because if anybody wants to do this stuff, at least they hear a little bit from us. Yeah. So thank you for joining us, and we will see thank you guys you. next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tar Life Podcast with top producing mega agent, Erica Anderson. If you've enjoyed this episode or found the content to be useful or fun, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.teamandersonrealty.com. We are actively serving the Triangle area, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, and the coastal regions of North Carolina. If you're looking to sell a home, please contact Team Anderson Realty to set up an in-person or virtual consultation today.